you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, October 6th, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look at all of the coaching changes that the Orioles have made so far since the season ended on Sunday. Now, of course, we know they did extend Brandon Hyde as he will be back as Orioles manager in 2022, and it looks like most of his staff will be back as well. But there was one big change on the major league staff as Don Long was let go as Orioles hitting coach. Also, some changes made at the minor league level, both in AAA and in single A, and some of the other support staff at the major league level in terms of strength and conditioning and equipment staff as well were let go during this week. And we are going to break it all down, get you all the news you need, and then bring on John Mioli once again on the podcast. He, of course, covers the Orioles over at the Baltimore Sun. And uh, John, who wrote a nice piece about all these coaching changes in the Sun on Tuesday, he is going to join the podcast to talk about all these changes, uh, where they may have come from, what they mean for the Orioles, what they mean for the people losing their jobs, and what it means with these openings and how the O's may fill them going forward. And then at the end of the pod, we'll uh, get you ready for what's coming next here in the offseason here on Locked On Orioles. Got a lot of good content planned, and we'll let you know what's coming up, not just for the rest of this week, uh, but for the rest of the offseason as we hopefully head into a much more positive, much more wins-filled season in 2022. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. And before we get to it, though, we want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen every single day. It is free here at Locked On Orioles and available on all podcast platforms. And remember, this is the only podcast giving you Orioles content five days a week. You wake up, there's an episode of Locked On Orioles. So we thank you again for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen every single day. And today we talk about Orioles coaching changes because there were a good amount of them that were made this week by the O's as it was really first reported early in the week uh, at the minor league level that the Orioles would be letting go of Tom Eller and Patrick Jones. Now, if you remember, Patrick Jones was a guest on this podcast earlier this season, and uh, he was the hitting coach at Low A Delmarva this season. We had him on to talk about his hitting philosophy and uh, you know what he had done with those Delmarva hitters who were really just having a fantastic year early in the year. Orioles also let go of Tom Eller, who was the hitting coach at High A Aberdeen. Of course, those guys put up some big numbers, helped out with guys like Gunnar Henderson, uh, J.D. Mundy, Jordan Westberg, just to name a few here in 2021. But Eller gone as well. And we start with those guys because they were the earliest ones reported by Rock Cabaco of MassInSports.com. But the other reason why they are interesting is because those two guys were hired by the Mike Elias regime. Those two guys came in before the 2020 season and uh, you know didn't get a season of coaching with the minor league season canceled last year, but got a full season here in 2021, and then both were removed from their positions. And we'll talk about it a bit with John Mioli coming up, but you know, because of that, it, it does come off a little odd because you know Elias' staff brought them in and 
takes them out, you know, about two years later. And it makes you think that, you know, maybe there was something going on where, you know, these two guys didn't come from other minor league positions. Tom Eller, who was the head coach of Harford Community College Baseball uh, in Harford County, Maryland, one of the best junior college programs in the country, churning out, you know, Division One players every single year and had built kind of a, a, a you know, Juco dynasty almost up in Bel Air, Maryland. Uh, he kind of took a leap to go from, you know, establishing a good college program to coach in the minor league level. And then for Patrick Jones, he was kind of one of those, you know, independent hitting coach guys. He had his own podcast uh, where he talks about hitting, uh, you know, was kind of just giving private lessons until the Orioles came calling. So for those two guys, you know, this was a, despite staying in baseball and coaching hitting, it was a fairly big, you know, kind of career path change for each of these guys. So you don't know of how things worked out over the last two years. And, and, you know, maybe thinking about that change has to do as well. But remember, you know, even though Elias brought them in just a couple of years ago, they were guys who were kind of outside hires, which is something We'll talk about as well. Now, that is not the same for some of these other coaching changes, as also from the minor league level, the Orioles let go Alan Mills, who was the manager at the Florida Complex League, of course, the FCL, one of the lowest levels of the minors for the Orioles. And of course, Mills, a big part of the Orioles, he had played with the O's as a relief pitcher from 1992 to 98, was on both of those Orioles playoff teams in 96 and 97, also returned to the Orioles for a couple more years in the early 2000s. Uh, and then came back to the O's and spent a fairly long time with the Orioles as a minor league coach. He started with the Aberdeen Ironbirds all the way back in 2012. He was rehired to coach in this system, and he's been at different le levels. He's been a coach with the Ironbirds, the Shorebirds, the Bay Sox, and then uh, he was the Orioles' bullpen coach, if you remember, in 2017 and 2018 at the major league level uh, before being moved back to the GCL what it was then called the GCL, now the FCL, at the beginning of 2019. So he managed 2019 and then 2021 at the FCL. Now that team in 2019 was fantastic. Uh, it was kind of on the other side here in 2021. Uh, but we've had Eric Garfield on this podcast uh, who covers all things FCL uh, down in Florida. And he's had nothing but great things to say about Alan Mills. Of course, a longtime guy with the Orioles. Uh, but he has been let go. The other two guys that were let go from the minor league system, you have Kenny Steenstra, uh, who was the pitching coach at AAA Norfolk this season. Uh, he had been in the Orioles organization for a few years. He was at Aberdeen for a couple years, then moved up to Norfolk. He has been let go. And then there's Gary Kendall, who was the manager of the AAA Norfolk Tides this year, who has been in this system forever. The Orioles hired him all the way back in 2004 to be a minor league coach, and he spent 18 seasons in this minor league organization. Uh, he spent a very long time as the double-A Bowie manager. Then he was promoted to triple-A manager in 2019, so he spent two years as the Tides manager before being let go. He was a guy who's been through many, many regimes with the Orioles, uh, but he let go as well. And then you get to the top as Don Long will not be back with the Orioles. Uh, Don Long, who was hired, you know, along with Brandon Hyde before the 2019 season, spent three years as the Orioles hitting coach. Of course, oversaw some of the, you know, breakouts like Cedric Mullins this year, Ryan Mountcastle helping Trey Mancini uh, get back into form this year, and many other guys, you know, helping the, you know, guys like Hanser Alberto and Renato Nunez for a couple years really reach their potential. Uh, you know, also had some guys who, you know, fell flat of potential like, like DJ Stewart and others at the major league level. But it's kind of hard to evaluate Don Long just like Brandon Hyde with the 
lack of overall talent he's had at his disposal for his three years as Orioles hitting coach. But, you know, we'll get to uh, all that and, and, and what it means and, and why maybe it was time to move on from Don Long uh, when we chat with John Mioli. And, of course, John Mioli covers the Orioles for the Baltimore Sun. He's been on this podcast a few times before. Uh, wrote a story about all of these changes uh, back on Monday. And we wanted to have him on because, you know, he's got an ear to not only the Orioles major leagues, but the minor league system as well. And we talk about, you know, most specifically moving on from Don Long and, you know, how the Orioles may be changing what they do with the major league hitting coach position, why it might, uh, you know, mirror what they did with promoting Chris Holt to the major league pitching coach. Uh, what the move to move on from Gary Kendall means, could Buck Britton potentially get that AAA spot? And we talk a bit about, you know, just the, uh, what the Orioles want to do in the minor leagues and why they need every coach to fully buy in. And, and that's why there still may be some times uh, where there is turnover every year. So that's all coming up after the break. We talked to John Mioli of the Baltimore Sun. So we'll get to our chat with John Mioli talking about all the Orioles coaching changes in just a bit. But first, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Orioles once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Spotify Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Greenroom for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to the big news or rumors. So go download the free Spotify Greenroom app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. And follow me at Connor Newcomb to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it, as I plan to be live every week. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Orioles. See you there at Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk sports. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. As it is back and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and you do it all at betonline.ag where the game starts. All right, so we welcome John Mioli back into the podcast. Of course, John covers the Baltimore Orioles over at the Baltimore Sun. And John, first of all, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to hop on the pod. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me. And so we have you on to talk uh, all these Orioles coaching changes that are coming out uh, reported by you and others in the last couple of days. And, you know, I know in the end, it's not going to be a giant shakeup to the major league staff. Uh, but of course, the one big name that is out uh, is Don Long, who uh, has been the Orioles hitting coach uh, since Brandon Hyde took over in 2019. And uh, I just wanted to kind of start on that. And, you know, what what kind of change does this mean for the Orioles and, and where do you kind of think this came from? Because, you know, he's similar to Hyde is kind of in a spot where it's like, 
how do you really evaluate him through these last three years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think you're right, and in, in you know Don Long had a lot of you know talented young hitters to work with, and by and large he did well with those. He also had a a, a lot of guys who who were not you know students for the level who who he had to work with every day, and and that's just a tough spot to be in. I think what's ultimately happening here is kind of a is going to be a mirror of how the Orioles eventually, you know, went with a top-down approach on the pitching side, you know, slowly moving Chris Holt into a into a role on the major league team and eventually having him just be the director of pitching and, and, and pitching coach at the big league level and having just one voice and one kind of vision from the top all the way down through the minor league system on the pitching side. I think that's going to be similar to what happens on the hitting side. I'm not sure there is a direct, you know, top dog in the, on the hitting side for lack of a better term Ryan Fuller the Bowie hitting coach is the full season hitting coordinator and Anthony V is the short season one down with the Florida Complex League I'm not sure how the Orioles will will structure that whether someone from the minor league side will will be in an assistant role and kind of get their feet wet in the big leagues I'm not sure who if that's the case would take a big league hitting coach job if they know that they're just grooming their replacement on the staff I think that would be kind of complicated but I do think that the Orioles are going to be trying to get you know, basically install what's working for their for their hitting program on the minor league side and all the gains that they've made there and all the ways that's happened. I think they're just trying to going to try to wholesale bring that to the big league team and and it's not fair to ask Don Long to do that and it's totally reasonable uh, uh, if you're trying to do that to get someone who who is interested in being a part of it. Yeah, and it's always you know we don't know a hundred percent how much Don Long is involved with all these things, but he does have. Success stories like Cedric Mullins, obviously, this year. I mean, he obviously was on board with Cedric, you know, dropping switch hitting this year and, and helping him with his breakout season. And there were plenty of guys who were able to, you know, come to the Orioles over the last couple of years, even guys like Hanser Alberto and others and, and Renato Nunez, who kind of got the most out of their talent, it seemed at times. But again, it, it's a good point about, you know, comparing it to Chris Holt and kind of having that role uh, be at the top. Now, it's crazy to kind of sit here and think, you know, who out of all these candidates could be the next Orioles hitting coach. But do you think, you know, you talked about a bit, could it be someone from inside going into like a Chris Holt role and, and overseeing everything? Do you think they would consider a hire similar to like what teams like the Dodgers have done in the past? I mean, Don Long was a major league hitting coach before coming to Baltimore with the Reds and with the Pirates. Would they consider one of these kind of outside major league baseball hires that teams have seen to had success with in the past? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I don't think that, I don't think that, and, and as we're asking, I'm trying to think of a way to say it. I don't think that being a big league hitting coach before, before, you know, taking the Orioles job would be disqualifying for someone to do that. But I think they're looking outside the box. I think that's where some of these minor league hitting coaches came from, you know, very, very varied backgrounds as, as to, as to their own playing experience, their own highest level of competition, their coaching experience, whether they've really coached organized baseball at all. Um, and, and I think that, I think that there's some precedent now, uh, the San Francisco giants have done it the last couple of years. There are some teams who have kind of dipped their toes into, into these things and in, in fully non-traditional staffs, obviously the Dodgers have been doing it for a little longer. I don't think there's, I don't think that the Orioles, especially as, you know, in a word, headstrong as they are about what they want to do and how they want to do it, are going to think twice if if they believe the best candidate is someone who has not been a big league hitting coach before. They're just going to go for it, and as long as he aligns with their vision and and their vision aligns with with what this person 
their background and credentials would be, they'll make the hire and not think twice about it. Yeah, and, and, the, and the Giants is a good team to bring up because a lot of people have attributed a lot of their success to you know having a larger coaching staff, having a bunch of people from a bunch of different you know baseball backgrounds come in and join that staff. And I know there's already been talks of you know the Orioles could travel with a full time just analytics person you know on the staff next year, and, and that could expand how many coaches they have as well. But you know you mentioned bringing in guys uh, like they have in the minor leagues, kind of from the outside, and that's where I wanted to get to next. Because these are the ones reported uh, a little bit earlier, I believe, by Rakabako back on Monday, uh, that Tom Eller and, and Patrick Jones are both out. They were the hitting coaches at Delmarva and Aberdeen. And, and those, to me, were almost the most interesting decisions here this week because those were new guys who were hired, you know, since Mike Elias had been hired. And I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, it's different for some of these guys who have been around longer or weren't necessarily kind of these outside-the-box hires. But is this a, a sense of maybe those didn't work out and just because they're outside the box guys doesn't mean they, they fit exactly in with what the Orioles wanted to do? Yeah. Yeah. Tr- truthfully, I didn't do a lot of, of digging into, into the why on that one. I'm sure in the course of conversations, it'll come up as we go forward. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a scenario where, you know, I know especially Tom Miller up in Aberdeen uh, in 2019 and this year, had a lot of success stories as well. He's somebody who, you know, he was the first hire of this type before Nat Blood came in and brought this whole new group of hitting coaches in. He was the first hire of this type, and, and he, you know, he was kind of handpicked by the front office to, to start bringing these types of practices into the short season level at Aberdeen with all the 2019 draftees, and he did that, and he did a good job. For whatever reason, he won't be back. Um, I think it just kind of speaks to I think it kind of speaks to, without having a ton of background on what happened, I think it's it's a situation where this is a, a hard job and a hard life, and to do it, there needs to be there needs to be, you know, buy-in on everything. It's it's a really hard thing to do if you're if you're not into it. And I'm just talking in circles, uh, basically because I really don't know what happened or why they're not there. But I think it just kind of speaks to the idea that. This is something that, you know, this is a decision you can make too. Just because you've been a coach for 20 years doesn't mean that that there's anything right or wrong about not having you back on there. And if you've been a coach for one or two, I think it's the same thing. Right. And and, and the other thing with those two guys, especially, I mean, I, you know, know Tom uh, from working with him in the past and he was, you know, a, a community college head baseball coach, you know, at the college level coaching summer ball as well. And and the you know minor league thing was kind of a, a jump for him to leave kind of a job where he had built a really successful college program and go into the minors. So it was kind of a, a very much a career change. And I know for Patrick Jones, you know, he was kind of doing his own his own thing. I had him on the podcast earlier this season, and and you know he was a guy who did his own personal instructing and that kind of stuff, and was kind of come out of that world, and you know has his own hitting podcast, and and is is you know one of those new age guys and and you're right where you know these don't all have to be just straight up you're fired and leave you know maybe it wasn't the right fit for for both sides as well and obviously the Orioles uh want guys who who will buy in but I I did want to bring up Gary Kendall as well who is out as Norfolk Tides manager and and as funny as it as it may seem you know you could argue that maybe a larger percent of Orioles fans may know who Gary Kendall is versus who Don Long is just because of how long he has been in this organization as a minor league coach since 2004. And, you know, he got his his second year with the Tides here in 2021. And I did want to talk about this a bit just because, you know, this is almost 20 years 
for him in the Orioles system, multiple, multiple regimes he has made it through, and just what your thoughts were on the timing of, of this being the time to you know let Gary Kendall go after he finally did make it up to the AAA level. Yeah, you know, and, and I think this, you know, I'll, I'll toss a blanket over him and, and Kenny Steenstra and Alan Mills, um, you know, doing this job uh, in the manner I've had focusing on the minor leagues. And even before this was really my job, still trying to find ways to, to write about baseball for the Sun. You know, those guys have been constants, whether it's in Frederick, whether it's in Bowie, wherever they are on the big league staff, those guys have been constants. And, you know, they've been tremendously kind and helpful to me. And I, I, feel, I feel the need to say that. I think that with Gary Kendall especially, he's seen everything that's happened here and he has a perspective on on how where the Orioles are and where they've come from and, and where they're going that that is very valuable. But I think that when you're a coach in that position and you've been around for as long long as they have, um, I think that there's probably a sense, even if they might not want to admit it, you know, now, and I'm sure this is still fresh, but I'm sure there was a sense as they watched so many people that they work with and spent spring trainings with and, and gotten to know, move on in the last few years that, that those waves might be continuing as, as, as time went on. And, and for, for Gary Kendall and Kenny Steenstra to, to get up to AAA and have that time there together, they spent a lot of time coaching together at various levels here. I know they, they, they really appreciated having each other there in AAA this year. It's not any indictment on how they were as player development professionals or coaches or managers uh, to, say, to, to have them not back after what was a tough year in Norfolk. That was a tough year for a lot of reasons, and very little of them had anything to do with them. I think this is just an instance where, you know, Michael Elias and the Orioles and Matt Blood, they have certain things that they want, and we've seen in the past on roster decisions, on coaching decisions, on staff decisions, on scouting decisions that they're pretty uncompromising and wanting things to be the way they want them to be. Is it, is it cruel for someone, uh, you know, who's been with the organization for a long time to have to, you know, go find another job somewhere else and start over. Yeah. That's unpleasant in any walk of life in any, in any scenario, the hope, you know, at least on my end would be that these guys had some kind of feel that, that this might be happening uh, earlier than, than the beginning of October, given that baseball's hiring season is, is pretty compact around this time. And it's easier if guys need to get jobs to start reaching out to contacts in August, September to make sure that people know that they're going to be available. I hope that happened here. I'm not sure that it didn't. I haven't spoken to uh, any of the parties involved, but I think that overall, you know, this should be a time where, where the service of, of those three coaches and, and those people are really, you know, celebrated and, and not, not have become a lightning rod of, of whether they should have been let go or should be back or anything like that. Right. And, and, you know, as long as the, you know, their, their hearts are still in, in terms of Kendall and, and Steenstra and Alan Mills, like they shouldn't have any problem on merit getting more jobs. Obviously I talked about Kendall being in this organization for so long and Steendra was a part of, you know, that buoy rotation in 2019 that, you know, was just unbelievable leading Bowie to the playoffs. And then Alan Mills, of course, not just his time as a player with the Orioles, but, you know, I've spoken to people who, you know, cover the FCL closely who have nothing but just unbelievable things to say about Alan Mills and, and what he's done down there and, and, you know, how he uh, builds relationships with those, you know, 17, 18, 19 year old guys, uh, that he works with at the beginning of the system. But, you know, with with Gary Kendall out, this does leave 
an opening and you wrote about it in your story that, you know, expecting Buck Britton to be offered that AAA job. And I know this is, you know, continuing down the line, but it seems to me like Buck Britton is kind of like the guy right now in terms of any kind of coach in the minor league system. I think that's probably fair. I think that's fair to say. I think that, you know, and I think he'd be the first one to say that, that what they had built as a staff there in Bowie, um, there's a reason that pitchers, you know, went, went there and got better. There's a reason the hitters went there and got better and moved on this year. And, and I think that, I think that Buck Britton's star obviously is continuing to rise. I know that he wants to be a big league manager at some point. Everybody does, but, and I'm not sure that this is like a transition directly to that, but I think that the Orioles, you know, as we talk about, as we talk about kind of how uncompromising they are of making sure that, you know, they have what they want in, in the jobs that they want those people in, um, you know, Buck Britton wasn't someone that they hired or brought in, but I think they, they recognize pretty quickly, you know, what he is and the energy and the, and the, and the motivation that he gives his players to come in and do what's a very hard thing every single day, obviously, uh, there are ebbs and flows in the season, but you when when you are around him on a daily basis, or you talk to him, or you hear his thoughts on managing and coaching and, and, and developing players, it's it's impressive. And, and and there's a reason that he was the Cal Ripken Senior Player Development Award winner. There's a reason that that if if this goes through, excuse me, that he will be, you know, given the chance to to manage Norfolk. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of members of that staff from Bowie made the jump as well. And then you're talking about kind of the, the, the people in Ryan Fuller, the hitting coach, and Justin Ramsey, the pitching coach, who have solidified themselves as as some of the stronger links in, in the player development chain that the Orioles are trying to build. Now they're the ones that are getting players ready for the big leagues. And now there might be, you know, on the hitting side as well as the pitching side, there might be continuity that there might that there wouldn't have been before. So I think that Buck Britton's going to have an important role no matter what he decides to do next year. But if it's him and that staff in Norfolk next year, I think that I think that the assessment that he's you know one of the most important people on the farm is is a good is a fair one. Yeah, and, and the other thing, if he wants to be a, a major league manager, you know, just getting to the AAA level, you know, you're managing big league ball players a lot of the time, and it's got to be one of the tougher jobs because you know you're getting players plucked from you every single day um, and having to put a team out there. But uh, John, thank you so much uh, for joining us once again to talk about all these coaching changes. Uh, we know for a lot of people, you know, these are names they, they may not have even heard, but you know, a lot of these guys were, were big in the development over the last couple of years. And in some of their cases like Mills and Kendall, you know, big in development over the last decade plus for the Orioles. And, uh, you know, sad to see some of them go, but also uh, we'll, we'll open some more opportunities, uh, you know, in the, the coaching ranks in the Orioles and we'll see uh, who the O's do eventually bring in. But uh, John, thanks again. So we'll get back to the Orioles talk in just a second, but first got to tell you about Built Bar and all of their delicious flavors of protein bars. They truly have something for everyone, whether you like a flavor like coconut, how about mint brownie, maybe double chocolate, salted caramel. They also have fruitier flavors like strawberry and orange. As I said, something for everyone. And here's the thing about Built Bar. They taste delicious. It almost feels like you're eating a candy bar. And then you remember, wait, these bars are healthy too. That's truly the best part. 
Most of the bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only about 4 or 5 grams of sugar and grams of net carbs. And Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, and all those medals they brought home from Tokyo. So that's pretty neat. So go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So our thanks again to John Mioli, who covers the Orioles over at the Baltimore Sun, for joining us once again uh, to talk about all these Orioles coaching changes, or at least uh, really coaching firings that they have made over the last few days since this 2021 season ended for the O's on Sunday. And uh, it's an interesting bunch, and especially talking about you know Don Long specifically. I wanted to you know just talk about first is that you know it's interesting to talk about who could potentially replace him because for Don Long, you know he's a guy who had had major league experience as a hitting coach we talked about with the Reds and the Pirates before coming to the Orioles and you know what they did with Chris Holt is he was kind of overseeing all things pitching while he was working exclusively in the minors and then the Orioles promoted him to major league pitching coach while also kind of keeping him on this year as the director of kind of everything that goes on and you can see this being a pattern not just with Mike Elias and the O's but with a lot of organizations is you want everybody on the same page from the major leagues all the way down to the Dominican Summer League you want you know not everything to be taught the same way but you want everybody on some sort of plan that mirrors each other in some ways everybody on the same goal to get to the big leagues with the Orioles and they've done that with Chris Holt and maybe they would do that with maybe it's an internal hire for someone who does become uh, the hitting coach for the big league club in 2022 and beyond maybe it's someone who's already in the organization like we talked about someone like ryan fuller or others or maybe like i also posed to john uh during the interview is that you know Potentially, could it be someone who comes from the outside who is not exactly a you know former major league hitting coach, or even a guy who was a you know a triple A hitting coach and is finally getting his shot at the big leagues? Like somebody from the outside. I know we talked about Tom Eller and Patrick Jones were outside hires and it didn't work on a, on a smaller scale, but there's been plenty of those guys who have worked currently in the Oriole system, and maybe that's someone who can come in, can oversee this entire system as a whole in hitting and also be the big league guy and uh, have an assistant hitting coach who maybe works with more of the day-to-day stuff as well at the major league level. Now, in terms of other hitting coach news, uh, it it was not only Don Long uh, was let go as he will not be back uh, with the Orioles next year, but Jose Hernandez, uh, who was the assistant hitting coach for the Orioles this year, he's going to stay on the staff, uh, but he's going to be moved to a different role uh, on this major league staff. It may even be, you know, as far as we know, could be a role in the minor league staff, but he will stay with the organization, will Jose Hernandez, but it will be not uh, as the assistant hitting coach heading into 2022. Uh, and then the other thing I did want to talk about, you know, Buck Britton. And it does seem like, as we talked about there at the end with John, that He's the guy, and you know he's going to be offered, it looks like, this AAA manager role for 2022, and if he does take it, he is one step closer to becoming a major league manager, like John talked about, what Buck Britton does want, and you know who knows where we're at with the Orioles right now. Brandon Hyde does get a contract extension, but it was only for one year. That's not exactly the biggest stamp of approval. 
uh, for Brandon Hyde. You know, he's going to come back managing on another one-year contract in 2022. And now if you're getting rid of Gary Kendall, who's been in your organization for almost 20 years, you're moving Buck Britton, who already just won the Player Development Award for a minor league coach this year, has had all that success in AA. Now you're moving him up and offering him that AAA manager job. Say he takes it, and he's the manager of the Tides in 2022. He does a good job again, and maybe the Orioles don't want to extend Brandon Hyde again. You know, as a lot of people are talking about, could Buck Britton come 2023 or maybe after be the manager of the Orioles? It's definitely something to think about, and that train continues to potentially inch a little bit towards that direction. And I know the Orioles like Brandon Hyde, but I know they also love Buck Britton. And so, you know, he's definitely going to be an option there. And, you know, I don't think they want to lose Buck Britton. And if Britton really, really does want a major league manager role after 2022, maybe the Orioles would make that move. But again, um, at least in Britain's sake, it's good to see that he's going to be given uh, another opportunity and hopefully he does accept and stay in this Orioles organization. But those are not the only shakeups in the coaching staff that we've gotten to. Uh, there were a couple more, uh, more minor shakeups in terms of, you know, where they fit into player development and stuff like that, but still major shakeups in terms of the coaching and support staff for the Baltimore Orioles. And in terms of people who have been in Baltimore for a long time now. As Britt Giroli, who of course used to cover the Orioles and now is a senior MLB writer for The Athletic, uh, reported on Monday night that the Orioles were making more changes that weren't um, in those initial reports. And uh, they were letting go of a couple of longtime staffers on the big league staff. Joe Hogarty, who has spent 17 years in the organization uh, as a strength and conditioning coach, and Ryan Nato as well, who's been in the organization for 10 years. Member Hogarty was actually named to the All-Star team this year as the uh, representative, as the strength and conditioning coach on the All-Star team. And they have let those two guys go, who have combined 27 years in the organization. Um, and they've also parted ways with their longtime equipment manager, Chris Guth, who has been around with the club for a while as the big league equipment manager. Guth is out as well. And so again, you know, we're not talking directly coaches with those three guys, but it's more shakeups of guys kind of like Gary Kendall, who've been in this organization for more than a decade and they are out as well. And, and, you know, you never know what those could be about because it's less of an on-field baseball thing there, but you know, we'll see what kind of changes the Orioles make there as well. But, you know, not huge major league shakeups with Hyde staying and most of his staff staying around, but still shakeups uh, here, as you'll see with many teams. Uh, the week after the season ends when, of course, you uh, don't have playoff baseball to play. But, of course, there's plenty of playoff baseball to watch uh, and a wild card game tonight, Dodgers and Cardinals. you got to think the Dodgers are going to win that game, right? I mean, we'll see. We've seen weirder stuff from Cardinals' devil magic, but you would have to think Max Scherzer and the Dodgers probably advance as the think the World Series champs would stay in it. But we'll be back here on the podcast tomorrow and want to let you guys know about kind of the off-season plans here for the podcast. As we know, baseball isn't quite yet in the off-season, so we've got plenty of postseason baseball to watch. Cannot wait to watch all these games, but it technically is off-season time now for the Baltimore Orioles. And here on the pod, we will be still five days a week, Monday through Friday, through the end of of the playoffs through the end of October. Then starting in November, we will go down to three days a week. We'll mostly record Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, from the beginning of November through the end of February. And then when March comes around, we'll be back to five days a week when spring training really gets into gear for the O's. But in terms of off-season content, uh, later this week, we will have a season review of 
all five Orioles minor league teams. We will have different guests on to talk about the Tides at AAA, the Bay Sox at AA, and then, of course, we'll talk about the Shorebirds, we'll talk about the Ironbirds, and we'll talk about the FCL Orioles as well. Kind of review their seasons with different guests. Uh, we will have Nick Stevens from BSL on the Verge to talk about the AAA Norfolk Tides. Paul Fritchner, voice of the Bay Sox, will come on to talk about the Bowie season. Uh, and we'll have a, a couple more special guests on as well. So each of those teams will get an episode to just talk about how the players who ended their seasons at those levels uh, really did this year and, and dive into the Orioles minor league system. Then we'll also have content like we did after the 2020 season, giving out some player grades uh, to some groups of Orioles. It'll be anywhere between 10 and 15 different episodes throughout the offseason that will pick a batch of, of three to five Orioles players who you know basically finished the year with the team and are still with the organization who played a role at the major league level this year. And we'll give out some grades uh, to some of those players. So that content will start up next week as well. And then, of course, throughout the offseason, we'll be all over the Orioles roster moves because it's not going to be this roster you see right now. That's not just going to be the players who go into spring training next year. Mike Elias is going to make some waiver claims this offseason. We know it. There's going to be probably a couple of trades made this offseason. As he said, he's going to sign more free agents this offseason than he did last year. There's going to be moves being made. Plus, there's going to be the Rule 5 draft. That's going to be really important for the Orioles, not as much for who they take in the Rule 5 draft during the winter meetings, but who they decide to have available and not have available. There's going to be a big 40-man roster crunch this offseason. Probably a bigger one than there was last offseason. So we'll have to talk about that throughout the offseason. You know, who's going to be protected in terms of prospects on the 40-man roster? Who's going to be left open to be taken in that Rule 5 draft? We will have all that and more coming up for you here throughout this offseason here on Locked on Orioles. So we know there's no more Orioles games, uh, really ones that matter until the end of March 2022. But stick with us. A lot of great content coming up here on the pod and arguably with how bad the Orioles were this year at 52 and 110 maybe more interesting the stuff we're going to talk about in the offseason than there was during this 2021 season and all that again continues on tomorrow's episode of the podcast but until then I'm Connor Newcomb and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day <laughs>